Nation, where you at? Welcome back to another episode of the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. This is Chris. This is Greg. And that was Allison Chains. And we'll continue to be through this whole episode. All right. Here we go. Run off right from the top at Big Talk CG. Podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Big Talk CG on Twitter, Big Talk CG at gmail.com, Facebook. And YouTube, The Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. Check us out. Follow, subscribe, like, comment. Yeah. Comment. Was, we want to hear yeah. some comments. We want to read some comments. That's where you can see us. You can go to our uh, Instagram bio, hit our link tree a link. That way you can find anywhere you can listen to us, see us, hear us, pay us. Just Woo! Uh, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, all those great places. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Allison Chains right here, man. Facelift album, lead off track. We Die Young, man. I love it. You got anything else you want to say before we get started, before we deep dive right into this? About the song or about the band? About our podcast. The podcast rocks, man. Don't forget to listen to us on YouTube. Don't forget to listen to us on Spotify and Apple. Full horn. Shit, all the good places. Sounds good. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Uh, all right, let's go, dude, right here. Uh, uh, we're going to do Alice in Chains this episode. We're going to talk about their first two, two albums. albums, first two, uh, Facelift and Dirt. Yeah. Um, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready yeah, I think go, we dude. picked a couple of good albums because yeah, these are, you know, good rock and roll albums that, you know, starting off. And this is a different, diff- definitely a different sound, a uh, different band. Um, you know, me and Chris were definitely from the 80s hair metal type stuff, but you know, we do love other music too. And when we were chit chatting, obviously, if you listen to our past episode, which is The Cars, and now you're listening to Alice in Change, which, you know, definitely was one of the better acts or one of the main acts in the grunge era of the 90s. Here we go, man. These guys are still around, rocking and rolling, having a good time touring um, and kicking ass and taking names, man. Let's go from there. All right. So we uh, heard the lead off track there. We Die Young off of Facelift. What a way to start an album. I almost, oh. sw- almost swore right there, but I decided to hold back until later. Yeah. Uh, what a way to kick off an album. Uh, and then you go right in here into Man in the Box. We Die Young, uh, uh, Staley uh, wrote that song about seeing young drug dealers. Right. Like when he was on the bus dr- riding around and then uh, was like, oh my, all he saw was kids dying young. They got their beepers dealing drugs, 9, 10, 11 year olds. Yeah. And, he, uh, that's what he wrote that song about, man. And, and then we're going to go right here into Man in the Box, which is track two, which was huge for them. The darlings of MTV, they really grabbed a hold of this video and just played the li- ever-living shit out of it on MTV. Yeah, definitely. It was on the radio, it. too. Yeah, man, it was you on know? the radio, too. Um, great video, great song. It's about, like, mass media and censorship and, you know, being the man in the box and trying to fit a box or being held into a box or, you know, whatever way you want to kind of look at it. But, man, 
can't. This has really kind of encompassed their sound in a one song. It's got everything that they do kind of right here. Can I comment on your comment right now? Yeah. All right. Also, what I read upon is you're right about uh, what you said, but um, the band went to uh, have dinner with some record executives, and they were talking to some of these guys that were record executives. They were uh, vegetarian, vegans, and, you know, the guys are eating meat, and they're talking about, you know, you're eating the meat, or you're eating this. He said, you know how the animal cruelty went on, and, you know, um, the lamb that you just had right now was force-fed in a box to eat, you know, meals and different things. They talked about cows and sheep and stuff. And uh, Lane took that very seriously and started to incorporate that thought along with what you were saying about you know, censorship. He put some of those words to talk about animal cruelty. So that's why the video, which is was done in a farm, mm-hmm. you know, like showing goats or things. And it was kind of like also about animal cruelty. And I read that and I was like, whoa, man in a box. You know, what if we were force fed in a box to be fat pigs you know, and shit I, like I, that? God, I don't want to be a dick, but that almost ruins the song for me. Right? It's like, oh, but, I, but, I mean, I get, I mean, you kind of, I understand what he's saying and what he's writing, but I, I don't even know what to say. Kind of just blew- How many times have we thought an, a song was A, and then we read a little more in depth in our life and we find it's about B. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think, you, but what you're saying is the same thing I'm saying. There's all these other, it's about not just this, but he took, oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to take some of that to the song. Oh, I'm going to put that some of it. Yeah. So he had these other things that he had heard or was thinking and said, I'm going to sprinkle it in everywhere. So it doesn't, maybe I backtrack a little bit. It doesn't ruin the song for him, but <laughs> it, it makes it, it a little makes, per, uh, makes you think about stuff. Yeah, it huh? does. It does, which is what music is can do yeah sometimes and it's there to not think and sometimes it's there to think and that's why these artists were doing stuff like yeah, that man. you know what i mean uh, you're right I'll, I'll give you this chris man in a box it's fucking beautiful it's great it's aggressive um it was one of the songs that i found out because i was entering at knec at the time that this you know brand new band from seattle came out and blah 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 fuck kicked ass it took names man and definitely different sound uh, a little more thicker um, and, you know, these guys were, say, grunge was between punk and something else, punk and rock or punk and metal. Man, it ha- they had the sound to it. These four guys oh, yeah. were really making some some moves and, and grooves to it, man. And Dave Jordan, excuse me, who was the producer, her, when he was on the way to the studio, was listening to the radio and got the idea of using the voice box on this song from here in Living on a Prayer yeah. by Bon Jovi when he was on his way to the studio, so... That's I, yes. all I got to say about that. I did read that too, man. You stole it in there. Let me cross off my, my Homer. Damn, uh, Chris. Man, I, I love it. And there's, uh, speaking of drinking some beers, dude, Rambo's drinking some beers right over here in the background. I can hear That's him. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Drink love it, it, Rambo. All right, already, man. Track three, Sea of Sorrow, man. I I got. I got to be honest with you, Greg. I really am a big fan of this album. Uh, I actually prefer it to to Dirt. Um, and I'm the opposite. I, I think I love Dirt more than this album. Um, I think I took when Dirt came out. It just. I took it more of like, oh, I, I knew who Allison Chains was, but Dirt brought me really into their music. I'm like, damn, this is fucking really good. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. I like this one. It's a little more raw. Um, 
the dirt is just so a term you used in our last episode about the cars. It's so moody. Yeah. And it's, it's very dark. dark. It's very dark. It's very dark. And it's very candid about its darkness. Where this one is kind of writing more of a, uh, about the dirt's more introspective environment. Facelift is introspective to a point, but it's also looking at what exterior things are going on in the world with their world and all over the world. Uh, and dirt is just so, I feel it's a very personal to the band album because it's just toxic. Lane really writes about a lot of his demons in that album. Okay, and that's what and that's what Jerry Cantrell was saying about Dirt, saying that when when they did Facelift, okay, they did Facelift, and they all their thoughts they've done in their life, what they experienced. When they did Dirt, they were indulging in popularity because you know they're selling records, they're on tour, they were doing this and that, and they you know all the guys in the band, not just Lane. All the guys in the band started experimenting and doing things, and demons were coming out. Like, what and, things and were they doing, the Greg? Drugs, baby, All drugs. Right. Well, Want to hear some drugs, man? Well, let's say it. This is the Big Talk podcast, and we say it like uh, it is. Yeah, they were in all kinds of... We'll talk about that when we get to dirt. Okay, good. Because we're going to talk about that a lot. Uh, man, this, this is group, Sea of Sorrow, track three. Great track, dude. Um, yeah, definitely. It really shows... Uh, they really show their harmonies jerry and lane with their singing i love the sweeping kind of guitar here you know after mm -hmm. right here that's going through great sound one of my favorite tracks on the album i'm probably going to say that about 12 times because there is 12 songs on here <laughs> and love it it's such a um the pace of the song shifts right right here they just break yeah. right into it again and lane's voice just cuts through everything man it's great dude i mean what i'm talking about the great grunge bands, and I'm talking about the Seattle scene. What I'm talking about, to me, this is this is number one. Okay. Just like they say on Heavy Metal Parking Lot, Alice in Chains is number, number one. one. And that's just the way it is. And then, you know, probably, I don't know. I don't know, dude. Can you do a, we won't even go down the list, but you can pick between Pearl Jam and Soundgarden for two. Soundgarden. Soundgarden is number two. And then Nirvana, number four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nirvana number four. Pearl Jam is number three. Um, I love it, dude. I got. I know there's some people out there that would beg to differ with both of us probably on this list. Oh yeah. Tell us about yeah, it. No, no. Yeah. You got something you want to say? You think Nirvana's Bring the it, best? Man. Bring it, we'll, we we'll hear it. Yeah. Yeah, we want to rebut. We want to rebuttal. Um, let's go to the next song, dude. Cool. Yeah. Bleed uh, the freak. See, same thing. Slow it down and get a little moody. Getting a little, uh, uh, you know, a little more. I don't want to say dirty. Getting a little more nasty, getting a little out there. Uh, this, but same thing, man. Great song, great tone to it. Um, and you know, like I said, these guys are just writing different things. You know, I did read upon um, Lane Stanley did do, or Staley did. Um, he did do a hair metal band when he started to sing. Oh yeah, do you you want to know did about you, that stuff? You, Sleaze. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was very shocked and kind of surprised that you know uh, these artists forefronting the grunge movement were started off as hair metal bands, you know, like listening to their style of music when you first yeah singing and doing this and this. I thought that was kind of funny. So just kind of you know you bring up a great thing that I wanted to talk about, but I'm glad you just brought it up. Yeah, he was in a band called Sleaze. They were like a, a glam hair yeah. metal band. 
Um, he also played drums in a band too. Oh, okay. Uh, before I didn't know that, that one. Uh, then he landed the gig as a singer. Uh, and you know, the, a lot of that happens with a lot of bands. One of the all-time great metal bands in the history of metal, Pantera. If you go back to the oh, first, yeah. if you go back to their first four albums, which I got on a side tangent yesterday, so I was lo- I was just started out. <laughs> their first four albums are hair metal. And I believe their fourth one, Power Metal, I believe mm-hmm. it is, when Phil first joined the band, is an amazing album. And I don't know why they shy away from that. If it's there, it's there. Share it with the world. You can't even find that stuff anywhere. No. And I have a copy somewhere. Not a hard copy, but like a digital copy of it somewhere. I got to go try to track it down. It's on a hard drive somewhere. And uh, I got hard drives like I got books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's somewhere, and man, that's a great album, dude. Okay. It's, I, I it's, definitely it's do want to hear. I've never heard any of it, man. Oh, man I would like to check. It'll it blow out. your mind. I, yeah, I want to go mine. So yeah, these guys were in various bands, you know, all over, and they, they, you know, it's just you know an intertwining. Like Jerry, you know, they, Jerry and Lane met. Jerry was actually homeless. Lane said, "Come stay with me." Lane was in a band. Jerry was in a band didn't work out they kind of met other people were in another band then jerry played with them and then they eventually got lane to join yeah you know i guess there's a story where um they needed a singer yeah and they started auditioning all these shitty singers in front of lane staley so he would see you know kind of wear him down or he would just join the band right he didn't want to he was in this other one so he shut that other band down i think the last straw i read was they had a male stripper (laughs) <laughs> try out to be the singer of the band and he said that was the last straw he joined the band the rest is history Allison Chains history that one is good I love that man Bleed the Freak dude it's about um, you know the people that try to bring you down and, and, and you know the forces around you and that kind of stuff dude but oh man dude it's, it's good stuff right here let's go to the next song yeah that's a no song I'm listening to right now. let's go good stuff man I can't remember you know, one thing I want to say about Alice in Chains, Chris, is uh, the harmony between Lane and Jerry is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. From any band that we've always argued about and, or talked about or had something to say, these two guys have that combination for, um, I want to say they what they pulled out three albums and two EPs and a couple of live albums and shit from all that was amazing back and forth singing uh, from both of them. Love it. I just can't say how much I appreciate those guys when I listen to their music. Um, bar none, but maybe bar one, there's no other tandem like this that harmonizes vocally like these two do. The only other tandem that I can think of that vocalizes like this, and if you guys can think of any more, let us know, is John and Richie. <laughs> That's I was, it. I was thinking the That's same the thing. That's the only other one that I can think of that harmonizes as well as, as Lane and Jerry. I mean, I, and I can't think of another one, and it's just so good. It's so good. And even um, the new guys in uh, 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 Duval. William Duval, yeah. He, he, they, he has a similar He's voice, good. and they sound – I think we have saw them yeah, we together, saw them and they were – I was so surprised. I was like, You know, the first wow, time, the dude, first time we great. saw him live, and he pulled off some of the uh, – uh, older Alice in Chains song, you knew he was right for the band. Yeah. You know, um, I think I was with Vanessa at the time, and she crossed her fucking arms. She was, fuck this guy, let's see how he is. And, you know, he after the show, she was like, okay, man, he was pretty good. I, <laughs> I, I definitely, and, and I got to give it to him. And she's 
There's a tough fucking no, knowing, knowing, you know, you you were married to her, so you you knew how she was uh, all the time. But when I saw her, I knew when she did shit like that, she meant business. Yeah, she was unrelenting in her opinion of shit, yeah. and for something to change her opinion, holy mo, that must have been that yeah. guy was yeah, top you, you, dog you, you right there. You just kind of do something like that, and you're like, damn, honey, really? She still hates Vince <laughs> Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she still hits it. Oh man, uh, great song here, dude. Uh, I can't remember. Um, really, a great sound here, yeah. dude. Uh, the guitar singing—you know—he uses a lot of wah in his guitar and stuff. Man, this. Is, I mean, you know, if you guys haven't heard some of this stuff, I know that you know we're, we're we might even be catering to maybe a little bit younger crowd than usual. But you know, this is early '90s, so not really. But I know a lot of people that I've spoken to, you know, face to face, you know, they've been, hey, do some do some grunge, do some '90s. Said, all right, it's coming, it's coming, oh, okay. it's coming, it's coming. So finally, um, uh, one one guy in particular, uh, Caesar, got excited. I told him, I said, hey, man, we're going to do some Alice in Chains. And he's like, yeah, dude. It's sweet, man. Yeah, so it's here, it's coming. And, you know, we're going to, we did Cars. Yeah. Alice in Chains. I think that's going to open up to more more diversity in our topics. And we're just yes. going to do whatever you guys want to do and, yes. and whatever we want to do. It's basically whatever we want to do, Chris, but... We want to open up to you know different lanes of rock and roll, mm-hmm. however you want to look at it. Um, you know, what should we do the next song? We'll, we'll ch- chat Let's about it, that one, and then we'll we'll do that one. Um, which I know this one song is called "Love Hate Love." Uh, Jerry was writing about um, sometimes in life, you are you're so in love with one person that you love him, you hate him, you love him, you hate him, and that's what he kind of was in a relationship at the time and. That's what he wrote about, and I thought it was a great song from that. Yeah, dude, this is one of the be- one of the great songs on this album. I love this song and everything you just said. It, it's it's great. It's plods. It moves along slower. Yeah. Lane's voice is like just a it's it's like a battle cry for how things can go from love to hate to love, kind of a thing. And man, it's just I love I, it. Dude. I always. I think his style sometimes is haunting, Chris. Oh, you know, yeah, and it's just that in this song, it's like starts off, and you know, they're not throwing some crazy riffs on there, but you can tell the depth of the music and the depth of his vocals make it good and sound crazy, mm-hmm. a little bit different. And it's out there, man. Haunting, that's a great word for his, his yeah, vocal style. You know, for sure. uh, on this style of song, you know. You want to bring me the next one? Yeah, I was enjoying myself, but if you want to go, let's go. Yeah. See, this is this is one um, when I would tell you uh, when I would talk about KNC Chris. This is one of those songs that this wasn't a hit, but this is the kind of song that KNC would play on the radio, mm-hmm. and that's how like I said when I was doing my homework and I heard this song again, and I go, "How oh, the fuck do I love this song?" And then it was like, "Oh shit!" I remember I listened to it on KNC, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, this is a great song, man. Um, it ain't like that. Yeah, dude. I... Good yeah, groove. This is a this groove. is a groove. This is a nice little chunky groove. It's almost got a hey, let's throw a little psychedelic in yeah, there. Yeah, there you and, go. And, and, uh, there you go. See what comes out the other end. And the masterpiece came out the other end, dude. Like it always does with these guys. At least on these two albums, for sure. Um, this just makes you go like this. Yeah, a little sway, huh? Um, who produced this album? Um, I set it off the top. I got it right here. It is 
Um, and we got it here. Was he known for anything else? Um, Dave Jordan. Okay. Uh, let's see what else he's done. What other, what other things has he produced? Um, Social D. He did uh, Ritual De Lo Habitual for Jane's Addiction. Okay. He did Dirt. Mm, Anthrax, Sound of White Noise. Ooh, nice. He, uh, Ixnay on the Ombre by the Offspring. Americana by the Offspring. Just, you know. Oh, he's always working. That's for sure, dude. He's got a lot of stuff here. But he he's only been producing since 1980. And, you know, he did some Zappa, Herbie Hancock. Oh, he did Red Hot Chili Peppers, 84 album. Mick Jagger, Stones. All Jane's right. Addictions, Nothing Shock. So, yeah, he did some stuff. Mother's Milk. I missed that one. That's my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album. So he's, he's known for doing rock and different styles of rock, not just yeah, it's one like, style. He kind of mm-hmm. he goes from band to band to band and brings a certain element to these guys got it okay sounds good yeah he knows how to bring out the best i think out of some guys ready to go yeah definitely and you know talking about the next song which is called sunshine definitely from a band that's you know in the grunge era having a song called sunshine is pretty funny Mm -hmm. you know they usually talk about the pacific northwest as being dark gloomy um you know most of the time rainy i'm trying to describe these words and i know you lived through it it just you know is that in the northwest it's a protect it's a perpetual mist of wet air okay uh you get maybe three months of not that and then sometimes longer um everyone you know it's not always raining but it's always wet okay and it's depressing now that i've lived here for as long as i have it is <laughs> And people may listen to this and differ with me, but um, I prefer the weather here. Yeah. But hearing a song called Sunshine from a band from, you know, Seattle, uh, Washington, is kind of, I would say, pretty funny. Well, Jerry wrote it for his mother. Oh, his, okay. About his mother's death. Oh, okay. Uh, the album was also dedicated to her to her memory. So right. the song's about, her, about his mother's death. I don't know how she died. Anybody wants to clue us in on that? Go ahead and let us know. But yeah, dude, it's it's title alone. Yeah, dude, I'm right there with you. It's like okay, she must have been the sunshine, which is kind of ironic. I don't know. All I know is that Jerry was kicked out of his house. I don't know much more than that, and I didn't. This is not a. This is not your. You can go to another podcast if you want to listen about in depth info about Allison Chains. All I know is that he was kicked out of his house and. So, you know, he must have loved his mother dearly or wrote it about her death because I, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, facts unknown at this point, but it's a great song. I'll tell you oh, that man. right now. I like it. Let's go. All right. A little something, something different right I here. I want to say that. I want to say it almost has a... Like a straight rock, rock. And roll yeah. feel, mm-hmm. man. Jerry showing his chops. <laughs> That's funny. A voice like no one else's, dude. A voice like no one else's. As far as I know, that was straight voice. They weren't using any tricks. That's just how his voice sounds. And man, it's. 
You n- never heard one? Well, William Duvall is close, but not really. Right? But uh, he has his own sound with yeah. himself. Yep. It's not he's trying to copy, and I don't think Jerry wanted to copy Cat. He just wants somebody to think, can you sing with me? Can you go off my voice? How does that sound? Let me hear it. Different kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has got nice. a little more upbeat, a little more, you know, straight rock sound to it. A little something different to keep, you know, keep you guessing. Oh, what's this? This is different. Oh, I'm going to stay on my toes. You know, yeah. Just so you're not, you know, starting to not hear. You know, you ever listen to a song and all of a sudden it's over? And you're like, did I just listen to that song? Mm-hmm. This keeps you a little more interested in what's coming up, what's next. You know, a little up and down, up and down. Not in a bad way, just difference. You know what? Just saying about that. Remember how we were, I was talking about in my summer playlist? The band called The Way Down. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I felt about that song when I first heard it. I heard it and I was like, did I just hear that? That was fucking killer. You know, let me hear it again. And then, you know, rewinded it or push play back, again. Back button. Yeah, back button. Back put, it button. On, put it on your pencil and. Yeah. I can't remember. Were you a twister or a twirler for the pencil and the tape? Oh, I was. Were you one I of was these? a pencil. No, Were no, no like I was this? a pencil. Yeah. Yes. Well, you get, I'd get tired. Like, just sit there, just, I didn't want the tape to fly and hit me. Ah. Let's go. Go. Here they slow it down right here. Definitely artsy, definitely moody in the sense of you're making me feel like I'm floating. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to take me? Paint the picture, guys. There you go. I'm out. You know, so, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, did you know on this tour that they were on? That I they, know a lot about their tours on this. Okay. One of the tours that they were on was with Slayer, mm-hmm. Megadeth, and I want to say... Anthrax, Class Anthrax, of the Titans. Class of the Titans. And they were the opening act. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine going up against those crowds and hearing a, a newer band, you know, um, on... You know, opening for them and, and trying to play, but yeah, dude, this was this was it, man. Yeah, dude, they, they you know they toured. God, was it like two years of touring? Is that I can't. I, I'm trying I wanna to remember. Say it, um, I think it was, dude. And they, dude, so they opened for so many different kinds of bands here. And Iggy Pop, Van Halen, Extreme. They played with Extreme. They played with Poison. They toured with Poison. They played some dates with them. Get out of here! I'm man. not gonna get out of here. That for that one. Um, Dude, and I so I found this website that kind of chronicles like tours that people go through, and it's kind of a cool thing because you can see obviously all the places they played, who they played with, but you also see the evolutions of some. Like you see them first, they're playing with Mother Love Bone, and then obviously you know their singer died. Mm-hmm. Then out of the ashes of that became Pearl Jam, but before they were Pearl Jam, they were Temple of uh, Dog. No, uh, uh, Mookie, Mookie, uh, uh, Mookie, Mookie Wilson. What was it? Mookie. No. Uh, God, I can't remember the name of it, dude. Mookie something. Mookie Blaylock. Mookie Blaylock. And then you see it like after like five or six shows, it goes Mookie Blaylock slash Pearl Jam. And then it's just Pearl Jam. So you can see some of the other things that are happening. They're playing with Soundgarden and all these other. I'm like, oh my God, dude, they're playing with basically everybody. And they'd be on tour with Van Halen. And then you'd see them play some like other local place in between dates. They're playing with, you know, it was really cool to kind of just go back and I mean, there were 58 pages of concert dates, and I go, I can't go through all these, but I went through like 10 <laughs> of them. And uh, man, it was it was actually kind of a cool thing to, to look at and see kind of their, 
Uh, and they were on the for unlawful and carnal law knowledge tour with oh, Van Halen, dude. So, okay. Uh, that, that's kind of a cool thing. All right. I heard Sammy Hagar liked him a lot. That's why he brought him on that night. And I just went to that page right now. Ozzy Osbourne, No More Tears Tour. Opening for... Get the fuck out of here, man. Here, I'm looking really? at one right here in San Antonio. It's um, Blind Melon, Alice in Chains, and Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, oh, you wait a minute, wait a minute. The one with Ozzy. I went to that show. Was Did it you? Long Beach? Oh, I don't know. I'm just looking at the oh, whole tour. Okay. So, um, Los Angeles to Pacific Amphitheater. Okay, no, I didn't go that one. But I did go to a show, the KNEC fifth anniversary, where Alice in Chains opened up and Ozzy was a headliner. Nice. And we got Lollapalooza. I mean, it's just a cool little place. Yeah. You can kind of go see all the play, all the dates and everything they played. and It's kind of a neat thing. Let's go. See, dude. Love this song, dude. I love how it, it, it changes from... Slow, you know, it's slow like said, take mood you and it takes you somewhere else. I love it, dude. Let's go. There we go. Something, three yeah. songs in a row, three different sounds. F little funk right there. Right. This sounds um, red hot, early red hot chili pepperish. <laughs> Let's talk about this album. Um, two releases, We Die Young and Man in the Box, were the two uh, releases off of this album. Um, do you remember when that stuff, you know, like came out or? Yes. Yes, I remember hearing it on the radio and then um, thinking, wow, what's the name of this band? Alice in Chains? Mm. Okay. You know? So the We Die Young, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, were you done? Yeah. Okay. We Die Young actually came off of their We Die Young EP and Facelift. It was kind of like they came off very close together, the, 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 the album and the EP. Man in the Box, Bleed the Freak, and Sea of Sorrow were the three releases. The only one that uh, didn't chart was Bleed the Freak. The other, and they only charted on the mainstream rock. 18 for Man in the Box and 27 on Sea of Sorrow. So um, that's the U.S. mainstream. I mean, they, you know, and I'm looking down this whole chart thing. None of their singles, none of their releases charted on the Billboard charts. Their yeah. singles. Now, but did, didn't we say that on the, the previous album where the Cars, where, you know, the first album they did, it was a slow burn, and then they had so many songs, and then on the second album, charted at number three. Mm -hmm. So I guess we'll be seeing that with Dirt coming up. Oh, yeah, we'll be seeing Where it charts. Um, this album hit three times platinum. Nice. I would have said one or two, but okay. Yeah, dude, it's killer, dude. Um uh, peaked at 42 Peaked at 42 in the US 38 Australia 53 Canada 41 in Germany Nice Let's go to the last song right, right here Sounds good Called Real Thing The record label was Columbia? Yes, the record label, label was Columbia. Okay. If I am correct, and yeah. Another thing, dude, that the uh, the artwork for this album, they kind of had a different idea when they they kind of wanted it to be like a like embryonic giving birth kind of a situation of a picture. They um, talked to um, Rocky uh, uh, Shank, and he was a photographer they kind of like the work he did and they said hey 
we want kind of something like this. You know, it's a black and white portrait, distorted faces. And he didn't want to keep on doing the same thing. He said, well, I'm going to try to do it with color. So he did some pictures with some of the guys that were in the, the band and stuff. And mm-hmm. so the one that's on the photo is actually Mike Starr, uh, the bass player. Is actually It's actually his picture on the cover of the album. It's just, you know, they, they loved it. And then after they saw the picture, they said, oh, it's called the album Facelift. So that's kind of how that happened. And man, I, it's, cool. it's such a creepy album cover. Like when you see it, you're like, "Wow, that's odd," uh, but now it's so iconic. I love Definitely. it. Definitely. Uh, anything else you want to say? Are you ready to go to the next uh, album or what? Or anything else you yes. want to say? Yes. No. Definitely ready to go to the next album. Uh, learned a lot from uh, you and talking about the touring and, you know, the band, uh, different songs we've heard. Uh, not one style. Uh, they're ready to go, man. I think they're, you know, they tour. They're going to tour enough and start. This very dark spiral ride. <laughs> yeah, and you're telling me. You know what I mean? And, and uh, here we go, man. Yeah. You ready? I am definitely ready. Bring me to them bones. Woo! See, already a different sound than, you know, We Die Young or Man in the Box. Mm-hmm. But still have a good vocals. Um, I read that this song was uh, Jerry Cantrell who wrote it. He was saying he was thinking about death and how death is just you can't you can't get through it. And in the end, all the stuff you have, all your possessions are going to just be a bag of bones or something like that. So he said they're just going to be what's going to be in the dirt, your bones. Yeah. Gonna end, we're how, all going to end up a big old pile of them bones. All, that's, and that's where he thought, and he went with the thought of his song. So this was great. I loved it. I never really thought of it that way. And then I think now that I've heard the song a few more times, I was like, okay, I could see that shit, you know, and with the lyrics and what they say and stuff. But, you know, Lane does have a very unique sound, and it's fucking great, man. Yeah, dude. I'm and- ready. I love this, man. I, I would. I mean, this is a great way to. I mean, this has probably got one of the greatest, not one of the better bookend starting and closing songs oh, of any album right? that you're gonna hear. Uh, this was the number two release, but man, this song is just killer. What a way to open an album, dude! Oh it's yeah, really. And almost it's. I mean, unless you know, you you kind of are talking about how it's looking at death, kind of a thing. The lyrical content kind of goes along with the album, but musically. This one's a little bit different. It's a little more, I'm not saying it's like bright like the sun. It's a little brighter than a lot of the stuff that goes on through the rest of the album. A lot of stuff is a lot of deeper, darker sounding. And this is kind of, you know, it's a little different tone to it. Uh, So it kind of almost sets you up for like, haha, tricked you, here we go. And now we're really going to talk about some deep shit. You know, just to elaborate on that, Chris, Jerry did say that. He says, when you go up to this, the song, and then you see the first side is one thing, and when you flip the record and do the second side, it's something else. We're, we talked about this, and he says, and we wanted it, we wanted the songs to be a certain way, because that's telling a little story on mm-hmm. it, for getting to end on the second side. We'll talk about that a little bit more, man, but we can go to the next song. Or- All right. Same thing, song two, Killer, man. Dude. You're just fucking going from great. To, to excellent, you know what I mean? Track two, Damn That River. Hell yeah, man. Just going from left to right. You know, I I, I 
was listening to this album and you know when I listen to it I try to um, figure out kind of what it's about when I'm listening to it okay and the, the, what I took away from this one I don't know maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong it kind of feels like somebody has wronged someone or something is I've done something to you or someone has done something to me and they're trying to damn that river like stop that flow of like your evil or your bad intentions or whatever kind of a thing comes like you're trying to dam that river but you can't or you know whatever it, it is it's kind of what i took away from this is it's like somebody something has happened to him and it, he can't stop it or they can't stop it they can't dam that river and what a way to use lyrics in a, in a song to kind of just paint that picture dude and that's really what i took away from it jerry said him and sean got into a very bad argument and this is what jerry took away from it so you are right yeah. on 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 this you just can't do it. And he says, you know, we, we fought. I mean, we had an argument. We were, you know, we're, we're saying one thing and something else. This is what came out of it. He says, this song came out of our argument. This is what it was in my, my, my mind. You know what I mean? Bam. You know, it's kind of funny. You find out of like traumatic, good or bad experiences, right. whether, whether they're a moment or a stretched out length of time. A lot of, if not most, of the great art of this world comes out of that. Painting, writing, music, everything comes Sorrow, out of love, those hatred, emotional yeah. pinnacles, whether or not they're high or low. And it's something like this will just spark you. And I'm sh I guarantee you he wrote this song very quickly. I guarantee <laughs> you he wrote that shit very fast. Here he comes, dude, ripping, dude. Yeah, dude. This is There's this another. Is you know, we were talking about um, Elliot, uh, Elliot Easton yeah. on uh, the, the cars. cars episode, the, one of the last episodes we did. I gotta put Jerry up there, dude. Nobody ever talks about him as a guitar player, ever. Right? Yeah, ever. he's not. He's not known for. And I remember when we went to saw him. The one of the amazing things about him is you see a lot of guitar players that'll sit there and stare at their guitar while they're playing. He is like right here, singing, looking at the audience the whole time. He's no, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh man, this guy's fucking bad, dude. Yeah. He's a bad motherfucker. Yeah. Let's go to the next song. You ready? Yeah, definitely. Odd little different opening up right here. But that's the producer giving them direction and listening to, all right, let me pull this out of you. You know, do a little this, a little do that. You know, good stuff from, from no. these guys, man. They're, they're not saying they Rain When I Die, track four. Yeah. You got any information about this this song? This I, one, no. What are, you, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about, like, Rain when I die. Rain, maybe. Are, are people going to care if I die? Are, there you go. are, are, there you go. are people going to cry? Or is it going to rain? Or is, you know, is everything just going to keep going on bright and sunny and people are just going to for, kind of forget about me? That's maybe, you know, a lot of times, you know, it, sometimes lyrics are literal and sometimes they're, they're not. Yeah, and, exactly. And right. Kind of, and we kind of, uh, I don't know. I could be completely off base, but hey, that's what I took away from it. But man, this. Jerry's killing it on the guitar, dude, right here, dude. Definitely. That wah going, his tone is definitely great, dude. Here they go, singing, dude, right here, harmonizing, dude. Yeah. Their vocals are killer. And a lot of times, 
with like Richie and John when they're singing together, it's mostly like choruses or big moments of mm-hmm. the song. These guys will sing a whole song together, both of them. Yeah. In in har- in their harmonies, and it's just it sounds great, dude. Two better people couldn't have found each other. <laughs> That's right. just great right there, yeah. dude. The, 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 the way the song is constructed, it just sounds so good. These guys are great songwriters right here. Jerry, most, mostly Jerry Cantrell. I love it, dude. Who wrote this one, though? The whole band. The whole band got writing credits on this one. Dude. All right. Are you sure Vinnie Vincent's not in there? No, no, Vinnie Vincent, dude. I love it, dude. <laughs> if you guys don't know about that, go back and listen to our Kiss album. You'll learn all about it. They just could not... Get rid of Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> Forever in Kiss. Woo. Oh, dude, that shit's killer right there. Let's go to the next song. All right. This is right here, Down in a Hole. Great song, dude. I love yep. this one. This is yep. definitely one of those ones that you love. Um, from what I know about it, Jerry Cantrell was having a, a bad relationship with his longtime girlfriend, and he kind of wrote it about her, saying, sometimes I feel like down in a hole and all the sorrow and all the things that I've ever felt is is this you know their harmonies right now just that way dude harmonies are bringing me in and making me feel something you know yeah man it, heartbreak dude i mean anybody knows that's the muse of of music sometimes to artists those emotional sorrow those emotional peaks highs and lows you know you, yeah. you get those extremes they can bring out the 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 best or the worst out of you depending on what you do with that beautiful things like this can come out of it yeah definitely um i also love this one they i believe they did on that the acoustic out the unplugged mtv unplugged it kind of which is i think better than the nirvana one we're gonna oh okay we're gonna bring we're gonna i'm gonna knock them down another notch right now okay yeah i like the allison chains it's on our we did our live episode uh favorite live album episode it was on mine as one of my favorite live albums and I just—it's Alice in Chains. I already said it. You know, I already said that they're the—they're the best ones, in my opinion. Yeah. To come out of that scene out of Seattle, and that live album is killer. And if you think that this album you're gonna hear, you're gonna hear and feel dark, and gloom, and hopelessness and helplessness, go listen to that Unplugged album. You're gonna hear it at another level because. That's one of the last live performances that he died shortly after that yeah. uh, of a drug overdose. And Lane uh, Staley we're talking about. And you can just, he's in the middle of it while he's doing this performance, dude. It's its haunting. Knowing everything you know now that you didn't know then, it's haunting to listen to that I, performance. You know what? Just to bring a little more different element, the EPs they have, Sap and I forgot the name of that. Jar of Flies. Jar of Flies. Beautiful. Chris, those albums acoustically are freaking killer yeah and i love it that the guys in the band said oh for a little while there i think they were joking like oh we're gonna pull an album out then it's gonna be an acoustic album then another album then an acoustic which they were following that till you know after jar fly after they did the other album which was called alice in chains mm-hmm. they didn't do an acoustic album but that unplugged album was in there yeah dude and i'll tell you this jar of flies it's yeah dude it God, I, I want to say it's my favorite album by them, but it's right up there for me with Facelift. Uh, yeah. Man, I love that album. It's just such a different thing. Yeah. Uh, but it it's them, and it's really right up their alley. 
I, I think it's great. They're the way they write, the way they play fits it so well. Oh, definitely. Listen to this, dude. Down in a hole, man. It's great. This is definitely moody. This is definitely. I, this is also one of, the, one of those songs too that I just love to drive to. Mm -hmm. you know, puts me in a mood. You this ready is, to go? A, oh hell yeah! Just like, and then you put on "In the Burning Heart" right after it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, killer song from these guys. Sick man, right? Um, just different. And I think this is the start of their downward spiral of. Uh, Lane coming out help I mean talking about his demons and releasing them on this album um, what more can I say man yeah you know I actually you know when you listen to this I'm actually ultimately after you listen to this album I'm very surprised at one how much he talks about you know and all of them, you know, in the writing, because they were all addicts. They, I mean, mm -hmm. some of them worse um, than others. Yeah. yeah. But everybody has their demons, whatever it is. But how candidly he talks about it, how often he talks about it, and just it's almost like not, it's like a nonchalantness to the, these are my problems and I'm putting them out to you, and no qualms, no, there's no, uh, uh, there's, there's nothing standing in the way of getting his point across of exactly what's going on. And it's very, like surprising yeah that, definitely that, that somebody would do that like this is who i am right now in this moment in time and it's jerry did very say emotional that he saw that his writing and, and like it says after uh, uh the songs he says on the second half of the album he says he knew what lane was doing but he kind of just didn't want to filter or audit or do anything to say this is what he was feeling this is what he put out in his heart this is what he wanted why should i tell my buddy or or you know edit his stuff if this is what yeah. he wants to write 100%. i write this way you write that way you know they're not telling me oh don't fucking write another song love song about some chick no if i'm gonna write i'm gonna write yeah. this is what i do this is what i do and he just let him go so there's definitely many songs about drugs and alcohol and demons and you know whatnot they're out there and to be they're haunting very beautiful but it's almost depressing for someone who's like me when i'm not addicted to drugs you know pills alcohol whatever you know definitely i i don't get it but i feel these emotions i can feel what mm -hmm. the point they're going through yeah and i find this song this particular song sick man it's going around it's rhythmic you know it's got you know you get the drum and then all of a sudden when he starts when he does that weird almost out of tunish scream every yeah. once in a while it's just it's like oh my god dude it's it's a sick man it's like he's yeah. really singing the way he feels yeah and it looking back now in 2023 or probably even looking back in the few years after when this album came out it's very emotional and he's yeah, it, it can get very emotional here, guys, and I'm sure it got very emotional for a lot of people. Let's go to the next song. Probably one of their most well-known songs. So on the on the first album, Facelift, Jerry wrote about his mother, mm -hmm. right, passing yeah. away. Now he gets to write about his father. Mm -hmm. um, this is songs about Jerry's father dealing with the Vietnam War. Jerry said that his father told him one story, and this is Jerry's 
thought, how he processed what his dad told him about the war. Um, was your father in the war? Was your father in the military? Um, he was, I, I believe, National Guard. I okay. believe. I'm not really sure um, exactly, uh, but I think that he was. My father Guard. was in the military at the time of the Vietnam War. Um, he didn't see action. Um, he was based in the base, you know, like they didn't go. I don't think he saw anything, but, you know, my dad told us, you know, fun stories, I guess. Um, on not saying war was fun or Vietnam War was fun, but, you know, like he didn't really want to tell us the dark secrets of war, like what maybe his other buddies or partners or his even his own brother, who was also in that war, uh, went through. Just, hey, they just told us different things of lighthearted type stuff. And one of the one of the funny things my dad said about this kind of stuff was Elvis, who was also in the military, was uh, um, in the same base my dad was. But, you know, he was, um, I said, you know, he was on this end of the base and they were always on the other end of the base mm -hmm. type stuff. And that was, I, oh. I find that. <laughs> but going back to Alice in Chains in this song, um, another thing I want to say about this, Chris, was they said um, Jerry's dad one time they were playing for this album um, when the album came out he played it for his dad and his dad never heard this song before and he said that they did this song and his dad he said was breaking down and crying um, after he heard the song and it was like the first time like you know the guys wrote it they had it it was in their arsenal um, but he played it for his he played a show and his dad was there and they played there and it was like very heartwarming from his dad and I was like whoa I mean that's very emotional like yeah, you could feel it. Like I said, it was just his son's interpretation of what you told, you know, what you just told them about the war and different things and about being a father and being a husband and being, you know, a young kid and watching people you love or uh, work with die instantly because of bullets and knowing you're running away. People are after you to kill you just because you're in their country. Mm -hmm. you know that. Uh, like I said, this is definitely one of my favorite songs from this album. Um, it's very dark, but it's very beautiful, too. And I, I love yeah, it. I agree with everything you just said. I was just kind of here going over some of the lyrics here. And some of these lyrics are just so great. Let me just quote some of these for you. They spit on me in my homeland. Glory, Gloria sent me a picture of my boy. Got my pills against mosquito death. My buddy's breathing his dying breath. It just shows you everything. Country hates me. All I, I don't even get to see my family. All I have is a picture. I'm at war with people, but also against the environment. And I, my best buddy here is dying. Yeah. It just really paints a picture, dude. It's crazy. And then I think in the military, his dad's code name or was Rooster. Mm -hmm. That's where they got the, the title from. So there we that. go. Um, one thing I remember that time we saw Alice in Chains when we were talking about Vanessa earlier. Um, after this song at William Duvall, this was his first um, time in L.A., you know, singing. And I definitely was like, oh, uh, you know, of course, Van was with me. Um, but after this song, after he, they, the guys sang this song, I was like, fuck, this guy, one, this guy's a great singer. Like, he, he has my vote. I was mm -hmm. run over. But it was, it was definitely bitch and seen it live. Just, you know, ever at the Universal Amphitheater. You know us. Yeah. Universal. I think we were in the pit. <laughs> yeah, when we, we were. were now, we were. We were like five, five to ten feet from the stage. <laughs> just like, oh my god, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Like we Ooh. always are. Are you ready to go? Yes. Yeah, and this is really when it's... Uh, we're really coming off a cliff here. Junkhead, track seven. Yeah. I think the t title kind of tells you where this song is headed, what it's about. Um, right off the bat, the lyrics are just... <laughs> talking about, you know, a, a new friend turned me on to an old favorite. Nothing better than a dealer who's high. Just, there you go. Yeah. What? what is it, I, I've heard some stories, maybe you've heard them too, uh, just kind of in, you know, doing homework and research. Did, um, was his dad an issue with him? Was it him or was it Mike Starr in the band? Someone had a dad that like kept coming around and like, Wanting to do drugs with him, I don't know if it was Lane or if it was Mike. I, I know that was, I know. I think it was Mike Stark. I, I, I didn't hear anything I know about Mike, his dad. I know Mike and his dad got like arrested on yeah. a plane for like some drug, either doing drugs or shooting up on the plane or something. But um, I know Lane. You know, I I don't know. I just know that I thought that I had read something about his dad came around and all, and reintroduced him to heroin after he was trying to kick the habit. Unsuccessfully, but I want to say Mike Stark because he did pass after Lane um, from a drug overdose that he had a problem too. Yeah, and and if I remember correctly, Mike Starr was the last one to see Lane, right? Like he was at that is correct. He was at Lane's house, and Lane was just they got into a fight or something. He was like, he left. And, you yeah. know, he was high. He I think he was on prescription pills at the time. He left. And he looks back at it and says, I wish I never would have left. Yes. I heard the same exact thing. Yeah. And then he, they said the next, that. Then he was dead. The next day, they found him dead or whenever that, they found actually, him. Actually, no. It was they two, found him days two later. Two weeks. Two weeks later. Passed by before somebody found his body. Because he said that the guy, all the guys in the band, all like the management, would always reach out to him. Would reach out to him, say, hey, just go, let's go out. Just, I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to leave the house. I don't want to do this. No, no, no. I don't want to do this. And... Somebody said, oh, I'll talk to you next week. Two weeks passed by, man. I haven't heard from him. Let's go, go check. They broke the door probably or a window. Mm -hmm. Saw his body on the floor. And, you know, two weeks passed by. Fuck. Yeah. That's unfortunate, dude. Yeah. Uh, I believe he died on my birthday. Um, April 5th. Is that true? Let me go look to make sure. Man, that's... I'm going to look that up while you talk about this album why don't you go bring me to the next song <laughs> as you look up because i got a lot to say on the next one this is dirt all right dirt so i'm gonna bring up this story because i think i've brought it up before um a, one of our favorite bands warrant right they released an album oh shit dude this is a great story very similar to dirt right so yeah it was they uh released an an um an album called Dog Eat Dog. So when they released Cherry Pie, they said that they had a big picture frame right above the secretary's desk. And uh, when they released, um, when they released Dog Eat Dog, whose album was replacing that album? Alice in Chains Dirt. Janie Lane was saying that, oh man, you can just see the tables turning yep. when that album was released. Dirt came out. We were, we were releasing Doggy Dog, and we were put on the back burner, the back back burner, 
and these guys are on the forefront of this kind of stuff. And that was one of the stories I heard. And they, you know, they were like, "What was me after the, you know, the grunge area destroyed, you know, hair metal and blah 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 blah, or our genre of music." But that was about it. Yeah, I remember that story. I remember that story being told on one of the greatest shows ever made on TV, Behind the Music on VH1. <laughs> I love that show. Remember? Do you remember a time when? People, either the show was gonna be on or after it played people would next time you'd be like oh did you see the episode last night on Poison did you see the episode yeah. on Warrant you know whoever it was Rat oh man did you see it it was so good yes yeah, I remember dude, those yes. shows were so oh, great so good man um, but yes he did pass away on April 5th oh so, okay um, you know uh, 2002 so that's so unfortunate man Definitely. So unfortunate. So, uh, yeah, dude, this just the, dude, the, like you had said, you kind of get a whole nother, the first side was a little kind more. Of, now you're flipping it. Now you're, you're in the thick of it. It's like you're living it. Yeah. It really is, dude. Yeah. You almost feel it. Dude. You feel the, the, I don't even like the, um, the griminess, the, the sludginess, like just the times hopelessness that's going on here. And, and it's done so beautifully. Right. It's done so beautifully. Let's, you ready to go to the next song? Yes. Which is, the, you know, this is a killer song, very, very different. Godsmack. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a band called Godsmack, and I always thought that they took that their name from you know this song title they said no we didn't we just said we did something else but that was a really the first time i heard of godsmack or that name again i go that's not familiar went back and saw alice and she oh there it is maybe bands take it big deal mm -hmm. um but that was it and like i said this song does sound like it um smack is another word for heroin godsmack this heroin god heroin or heroin that's just pure could be considered God or or heroin is your God that's who you pray to now or that's heroin the one is your that God there you go you know and like I said each song on this side from you know junkhead to dirt to this one Godsmack and they all have different sounds junkheads a little you know moody and duck but dirt is getting a little dirtier and grimier this one you're like you know now you're going a little off and saying oh you know I'm going a little crazier you know blah 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 it sounds a little more it sounds a little more not not that in a bad way. It sounds a little more reckless. Yes, reckless. Like That's with, a great like word. with that wall in the back. It's just all different sounds going on that fit together great and make it beautiful. But it sounds a little more reckless. Like shit's starting to come off the rails here, <laughs> right? Like the singing is different. Yes, he doesn't sing like this on anything else. I don't think I've ever heard him sing like this on any other song. It's just so different. Um, and that's kind of like a, a, another piece of this whole puzzle that's going on in this album i love it dude it's great yeah you ready definitely. to go heck yeah man this one has this one's called some places it's called untitled intro dream sequence ironclad uh, iron gland uh tom Araya is a co-writer on this i think that's him actually singing on it right there in the song so singer from slayer you want to hear a story? Let me tell you a story. Yes, tell me a story. So these guys were supposed to go and start recording this album 
um, in L.A. And the um, recording in the spring of 1992. And the day they were supposed to go and start recording is the day the L.A. riots started. Yes. Okay, I did read this. And they... The riots were going on, and Jerry went to the store to like buy some beer, and was coming back, and like traffic was stopping. He saw people getting pulled out of their cars and getting beat up, and he's like made his way back to find everybody else in the studio. And all the story tells me is that they went out to Joshua Tree to the middle of the desert and took Tom with them from Slayer. And I'm like, I don't know, I you know, obviously he was there, he's friends with them, toured with them, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So the friends, so he must have been hanging out. He just went out to the desert for like five days waited for things kind of like to calm down which I don't think by that time they were even close to calming down they came back and started recording but they they also had a similar experience when they went to record Facelift the first day they were supposed to go record Facelift I think it was the Music Bank Studios in Seattle they conducted the largest cannabis slash marijuana bust in the state's history at that studio oh shit so they had to push back that recording so their first days of recording these first two albums have had you know, some yeah, fucked so, up uh, shit happened. Something's shit. really, and they persevere. But it's kind of those are funny stories, dude. Right? I did. I did hear about that. And you know what? That's not the only band I've heard talk about. They recorded stuff during the LA riots and different shit like that happening. Um, if I, I definitely was in LA at the time. I definitely was at my the job I'm currently at. Um, I do remember that day happening, the riots. Uh, very. Very how much the pandemic closed everything, like fast. That's how that day was. They everything needed to close and close fast. Close. What do you mean? You close those doors. You close this. Go home. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Clock out and go home. Make it home safe. We'll let you know if we're open tomorrow. Blah 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 blah. Text up. And that was the, my experience. And I do remember seeing. I think I went in at 4 o'clock, and by 5.30, I'm already walking out and going home. I remember seeing what I the direction of downtown Los Angeles, just big black smoke just coming from that era, area, mm -hmm. and just like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then, you know, getting home and not taking my eyes off the news on that kind of shit. Like, wild shit. Bro. I bet, dude. Wild shit. We'll have to talk about that a little bit more in depth on another episode, maybe. Uh, this is at, uh, number 11, track 11, uh, Hate to Feel. Saint going to, still going down that same road, dude. A little different sound, but yeah, dude. Well, imagine, dude. I mean, like we, we've had, you know, Chris, we've had some pretty crazy hangovers in our life, you know, where you kind of wake up and you're like, oh, God, I can't, I'm never going to drink again. I've and never. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I just want to say, you know, this feeling is probably not the same, but if I have to put myself in those shoes, I remember those days of feeling like, oh my God, I hate, I don't hate to feel. So, type of shit. What I experienced from hangovers doing this kind of stuff, I'm sure it's, it's a whole nother animal. A thousand times worse. But just. If you have, if I have to put my own perspective on, hate to feel, I hate mm -hmm. to feel this way, hungover. Imagine what you're feeling, trying like a to withdrawals kind of a thing. Exactly. Exactly. You ready to go? Yeah. Another great one. Oh, 
man, this is track 12, Angry Chair. This is just a killer song, man. Great title, Angry Chair. And I however, love the way it sounds like the opening. However you want. Yeah, it sets a mood, right? Which is, uh, however you want to feel it. Man. This is, yeah, definitely. Vocal harmonies. Exactly. This was, let's just run down here quick while we got a second. We can let everybody kind of listen to this song and me. Um, the five singles that were released, the first one was the next song, the last song we're going to hear, Wood. Um, number two, The second release was Them Bones, then Angry Chair, Rooster, Down in a Hole. Um, let's look at how these singles charted. Wood. Like I said earlier, nothing charted on the Billboard Hot, what, 200 or whatever it is. But on the mainstream, Wood hit 31, then Bones 24, Angry Chair 34, Rooster 7, Down in a Hole hit 10. Wow. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm so surprised that these songs were not on the. But you know what? A lot of songs. I get. I I should be surprised. Shouldn't be, but I am. When we go back and listen to you know what our bread and butter is, you know, 80s hair metal mm-hmm. and, and glam metal. Those guys weren't charting a lot. Only the huge bands were, you know. A lot of them weren't charting on the billboards. And there was a lot of music coming out at that time. Hey, do you know how many times this went platinum? Ten. No, five. You surprised? Okay, it was the cars that did six. Wow, okay, Five yeah. times platinum, dude. Right. And this one um, peaked at number nine, the album did. Dude, this sounds so good, dude. Right, it sounds so good. Um, you know they got they. You know they got the stop and go, the stop and go. The bass of the opening was great. That sounds great. I don't even right? know what else to say. Uh, exactly, it leaves you speechless. It's it so great. It leaves you speechless, and that's what's hard for us. On <laughs> we have a podcast, we need to talk about what we're doing. And we're so damn speechless. But if you make your own judgment and you listen to it and you get opportunity to listen to these albums, please take a listen and judge for yourself. I mean, or make your own decision on that one. You can listen to what we heard. Hey, what did we miss on on Junkhead? Oh, it wasn't about this. It was about this. Hey, let us know, man. We're, mm-hmm. We definitely want to hear from you guys, man. We're 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 human. We're superhuman, but you know, we're still human. <laughs> at a point. Um, you ready to go to the last track? Oh, bring. You know, uh, yes start it and we'll go because I'm going to ramble a little bit. Okay. Um, let's go. Love it. Okay. Let me just say a few steps. First, just let me say... No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. This song Jerry wrote about, and I didn't know this, this song Jerry wrote about Andrew Wood, which was the lead singer of Mother Love Bone, on how his in and outs and his decisions on his life choices saying sometimes people would judge you would you judge judge he andrew wood did die from heroin rule line he was good buddies of chris cornell all the guys probably in seattle mm-hmm. all that stuff but um jerry wrote this song about andrew wood saying this was his uh, goodbye song or goodbye kiss to him um, one of my favorite songs definitely was on the single soundtrack yes um and not to interrupt you, just to interject, this song was recorded before the album because it was in the movie. Correct. S- singles. Uh, and I was it, all, it was on the Correct. soundtrack, right? It was on and the so soundtrack. And so it came out before 
they were even recording this album. So it had been out a little while. But so they, there was a video prior, and this was the first single because it was on the album yes. too, correct? Yes. Uh, but like I said, love this song. This is probably favorite song from Alice in Chains. You put this one, and I'm, I'm loving it, man. There's just so much emotion and love and stuff like mm -hmm. that. With it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's what I wanted to say about this song. Um, love it. Say what you want to say. Um, I want to say I agree with everything you say. Great song, wait, great way to finish an album. This is bookended better than one. Oh. It, some of the any, uh, almost. This is a top ten bookend right here. We might have to talk about that later. But man, Allison Chains, the great Allison Chains from Seattle, Washington, leading that grunge movement. I don't care what anybody says about it. It was Allison Chains, at least to the mainstream. Um, this is the Big Talk podcast with Chris and Greg, and you can get a hold of us at Big Talk cg.podcast on tiktok and instagram at big talk cg on twitter big talk cg at gmail.com go to facebook go to youtube youtube is where we're hitting all cylinders right now yeah just search up the big talk podcast with chris and greg we got shorts we got episodes we got everything you need over there to watch and listen you can also go to when you go to our instagram Hit the link in our bio. Goes to our link tree. That's where you can find out every single thing you want to know and more. Take us out, Greg. Thank you for listening to this episode. This is very emotional, very um, out of the box for us. Like I said, our bread and butter is more of a... Man in the box. <laughs> we definitely love you. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is Greg from the Big Talk Podcast with Chris and Greg. See ya!